Well, the madness started, and it started early here on early signing day here, December 15, 2021. Going to be one for the history books. We're going to get into all of just the crazy signing day news, get you updated on a lot of local kids who signed to play football today as well. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko here on ESPN Radio. Glad to have everybody hanging out with us here. As again, we update you on what has been a historic, a wild, wouldn't expect anything less from National Signing Day. Just a beautiful Wednesday to get things going here. But I'm really excited. We're, we're starting right off the bat with some of our player interviews. This guy, it wasn't really a secret where he was going. He's been committed for a long time. He's been wearing the team's logo on a towel and has been a really a big recruiter for his team since he committed. Joining us here on ESPN Radio, Benedictine quarterback, state champion, and now Auburn Tiger Holden Garner joining us here on the program. Holden, thanks for taking the time, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, congratulations, man. It's been a heck of a week for you. Friday, you guys win a state championship, made the trip back to Atlanta, and now less than a week later, uh, you're an Auburn Tiger. What's these past five days been like for you? Yes, sir. It's been a great week. I mean, like you said, uh, got the state championship done, so that was that was absolutely crazy. That was awesome. Great experience. Um, I mean, having that done, now it's just, it was, it's been a blessing um, getting signed today and, you know, being ready to get an Auburn Tiger. Now, what was it initially about Auburn? Because you've been committed to him for a while now. For you, growing up in the state of Georgia, I know your parents, big-time Georgia fans, a lot of Georgia alumni uh, in your family as well. What was it about Auburn that drew you there initially? Yes, sir. I mean, first first time I stepped on campus, I really fell in love with the campus and just the homey, you know, family feel of Auburn. Um, I've always wanted to play. It's always been a dream of mine to play in the SEC, so being able to do that at Auburn is definitely going to be uh, it's going to be really fun playing in the SEC West. So I'm just super excited about it and ready for my future there. Well, Holden, uh, obviously, you know, Auburn's offense is always exciting, and there's plenty of greats that, that have played in it, uh, especially there at the quarterback position. But uh, with th this current system that they have right now, what are you most excited about with that offensive system that, that really pulled you in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I mean, we're going to have a, a really explosive attack, uh, running the ball and passing the ball. So I'm super excited about what we're going to do. Um, obviously, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, and then Damari Austin coming in with me. We're gonna uh, hopefully we're gonna have a really good um, you know next couple of years, and I'm super excited about it. Well, Holden, you mentioned a bunch of the names there, but as I mentioned at the start, you became a big time recruiter for this team once you committed. And I know Coach Harson's been to your house a bunch, but just what have the communications been like with some of the guys uh, that have already committed to Auburn, and should we expect any surprises? Uh, additions to this class as uh, early signing period wraps up here. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're super excited about this class. I mean, we, we've been working hard, you know, trying to get as many guys as we can coming in here. So, I mean, we're super pumped. I'm, I'm constantly in communication with the staff. So, um, I mean, we're talking constantly, and I'm, I'm reaching out to as many guys as I can, you know, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, whatever it may be, just reaching out to guys, building relationships, trying to come join us at Auburn. So, uh, really just we're, we're excited about this class and how we – who all we got and who all we're bringing in. So it's going to be super fun. And uh, just uh, how about the campus itself as well? I mean, obviously, uh, Auburn uh, not, not only going to be there playing football right now, but, but going to be going to school there and whatnot too. Uh, how, how much do you love the, the campus and uh, what pulled you in about Auburn specifically uh, when it comes to campus life? Sure, yeah. I mean, their, their campus is, is really beautiful. I mean, it's obviously everything you want in the college town. I mean, they – they got a great setup. I mean, it's it's pretty all right there together, which is really nice. So everything's within walking distance. Um, I mean, it's 
really beautiful setup, and I'm super excited to just get on campus in January. All right, so I know, I know you're a competitor, and that's one of the things that Danny Britt would always tell us, your head coach there at BC. He'd always tell us, he's like, he, he's super mild-mannered. He's always nice to you guys in the meeting. He's like, man, this guy's a competitor. He'll get after you. You, you better be because we were, we were looking at a stat, and this has changed a little bit, uh, but 41 of the top 100 players, according to ESPN's 300, are committed to either Alabama, Texas A&M, or Georgia, three teams that you will be playing every single year. You don't go to Auburn as a quarterback without knowing, dude, this is going to be a battle every single week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's another reason that I chose Auburn is, I mean, every single week you're going into game just, knowing you're going to be in a fight. So, I mean, that's, it really prepares you. Um, I mean, I'm super excited to be able to play all these, all these amazing teams in the SEC. So it's going to be a challenge, but I'm, I'm definitely up for it, and I'm super excited for it. And then when you look back just over your high school career, I know it just ended a few days ago at the pinnacle of what any high schooler can end at, which is a state championship. But the quarterback position in the city of Savannah and then just throughout the surrounding areas – I don't know if people have really recruited this area hard for quarterbacks, but you look at yourself and the, the current crop of quarterbacks in this area. How, how much do you guys feel like you've left a little bit of a legacy here in this area? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, we got – there's plenty of dudes that been down here in South Georgia. So, I mean, it's definitely something the coaches are going to take note of and definitely start recruiting more heavily because there's definitely some, some really good players coming out of the Southeast and South Georgia. So, I definitely think we left a legacy, like you said. And just, I mean, I definitely think that you're going to see a lot more, a lot more coaches coming down here and recruiting down here. All right, hold on. Before we let you go, man, just for the Auburn fans that are out there listening right now, just tell them what they got coming because I know quarterback situation down there on the plains is a little bit interesting right now. I'm sure a lot of them were really excited to hear you commit today. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Like you said, I mean, I'm a competitor. I'm gonna come in there and just do everything I can to, you know, compete, and, and I'm gonna try to win the job just as much as anybody else is sitting next to me. So. I'm going to come in there and compete and uh, do everything I can to impact the program in a positive way. Holden Gariner, he is a class of 2022 quarterback signed to play at Auburn. Uh, we'll be early enrolling there with the Tigers as well. Holden, we really appreciate the time, brother. Look forward to keeping up with you and seeing all the big things you do over there at Auburn. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Again, PJ, dude, you talk about going out on a high note there. 24-30, 397 yards and four touchdowns in the state championship game. I was laughing with his dad because we were talking. And I was like, you guys were at the Iron Bowl. And I know Bo Nix was out. TJ Finley was banged up. Did Brian Harson mm-hmm. ever like, look up in the stands and go, dude, we, we need you? Like, <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and suit up. Suit as up. Soon as yeah, possible. let's go ahead and go. But I mean, <laughs> this style of play, you see in high school so much now where it's very much the Kyler Murray is the standard right, of what a high school quarterback could be, right? Yeah. That's the gold standard, the platinum standard of what a high school quarterback could be. That was kind of cool to see. I don't want to call him a throwback player because he is athletic. He can run, but he is very much a pocket passer. And they kind of laughed at me when I said it, but I was on with our friends up at 680 on the high school scoreboard wrap-up show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he kind of reminds me of Matt Stafford when he came in. Just big, tall, yeah. thick, probably around 215, 220, 6'3", a cannon for an arm. And Stafford was athletic, but it's just it's the arm talent that's just different. Yeah. right? That's what I think he brings. And I'll say this, he's got a better deep ball right now in terms of accuracy that Stafford did as a freshman. So huh. I would not be surprised with Bo Nix moving on. Uh, we don't know what the situation is with TJ Finley. I would not be surprised if next year, this time, we're talking about holding Garner having played a significant amount of staffs for Auburn. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. And, and just kind of going throughout the year, thinking about watching 
uh, Garner and how he's progressed. Uh, we've talked about that mm-hmm. plenty, uh, just how he's progressed as a quarterback with that arm talent and uh, something, you know, that that is raw coming in, but you really have to hone it in and, and mold it, and I think that's something he's done very well over the past few years. Uh, but just watching Auburn and kind of watching some of their, their quarterback's faults as well yeah. and seeing what Holden can, can carry in, I, I don't I don't think there's a better kind of quarterback offensive system to to quarterback what their skill set brings kind of match yeah. that that we could see. I, I think he he hit the nail right on the head there with Auburn. I think he has room to thrive for sure because I think with you know you you want a, a quarterback that's going to be able to be athletic, get away from those SEC pass rushers, right? And he has that. He has that type of athleticism, but one that's also not going to get you in trouble. Not going to Use that athleticism to to make to kind of scramble and make yeah. bad plays out of it, right? But but instead, Holden only really uses it when he needs well, to. What we saw in the state and championship exactly is when has, he has he, positive he'll results. step up in the pocket, and if nothing's there, he can put his foot down and yeah. he can he can get 15, 20 yards for you if you need it. But at the same time, keeps his eyes downfield, and that's the final touchdown. Uh, eventual game winner mm-hmm. was that same thing where he stepped up in the pocket, kept his eyes downfield, and delivered a strike uh, into the end zone for a touchdown. So. Uh, awesome quarterback, and now thinking back to that Ware County BC game, yeah, could we have two potential starting college quarterbacks going head to head in that next year? Right, because you had Thomas Castellanos for Ware County; he's signing today uh, to go to UCF. I'm trying to get a hold of him, see if he'll get on. Uh, Thomas, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. hit us back, my guy. Come on, let's we, go. We, we want you on, but for sure. it, uh, th- during that game, we we're thinking about like both these guys are obviously going to play in college; they're committed to play quarterback at great schools. Yeah, but I didn't think next year but now you look at the situation Dylan Gabriel transfers out of UCF Thomas Castellanos had a hugely prolific past couple years there at Ware County could he be a guy then you look at Holden I think he is certainly in the conversation now I guess both of those schools could add a like a veteran transfer uh, if they wanted to but I also think they'd be in good hands if they had to turn to either one of these guys it's fascinating so many players from around the area signing today I know over at Ware County as well uh, Cartavius Norton headed to Iowa State to play running back and Dude, is, he, he's an Iowa State running back. Like yeah. About six feet Fits tall. The mold. About 210, 215, thick and fast. Like mm-hmm. He's going to be yeah right in there with Iowa State. But it kind of came to me while we were talking, PJ. If Garner is playing next year for Auburn, you know who's playing week three? Yeah, UCF Auburn, right? No. We're... You're Penn State Oh, Nittany God, Lions, that's true. Sir. No, 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 no. You're Penn State We're, Nittany Lions. I, just, I think I had like a, 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 brain, like a problem there because I didn't want to think of that. <laughs> In Jordan Hare. Yeah, I know. It's not going to be fun. Well, we'll there see. You go. We got we'll so see. much if, more. If they have Holden playing it, it's probably not going to be fun for our defense. You never know. We got so much more to get here with our national signing day coverage. Obviously, the news of the day. I guess we should like say, I, I hope you're sitting down. If you're in a car, I certainly hope you're sitting down. But uh, if you haven't heard the news, Travis Hunter, the nation's number one overall recruit, he was committed to Florida State for a long time from the state of Georgia. Uh, Collins Hill, they're actually 15-0, 7A state champs. And I think, I forget the team they're playing, but this coming Friday they're playing in the national championship against another undefeated team. So Collins Hill with the potential to be national champions. Travis Hunter, number one overall prospect in the country. There was some rumors that maybe Georgia was going for a flip. Apparently that was a lot of smoke and no substance because uh, some Georgia I guess sources coming out today saying, yeah, we were never even in the mix for this. But there was a flip. A little while ago, Travis Hunter, again, the nation's number one overall prospect, 
has committed to Jackson State. Sent in his national letter of intent. He will be playing for Deion Sanders and Jackson State in the FCS coming up next year. Yeah. And yeah. there is some major dollar bills behind this for Travis Hunter. Obviously, Deion Sanders connected with Barstool. Barstool obviously connected with Penn National Gaming, the gambling company. Travis Hunter has secured the bag. There are some reports <laughs> out there that it is worth millions of dollars, potentially a shoe deal out there for Travis Hunter as well. He has secured the bag. Obviously happy for him. This is obviously a cataclysmic, seismic, whatever giant words you want to throw out there, change in the landscape of college football. I want to talk about that when we come back. But I also want to talk about perspective when we come back because there's a lot of things I think we need to keep in mind and change and kind of open our brain because we've been we've had one way of doing college football for a long time and it has changed rapidly in front of our eyes. we got to change that perspective. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Also coming up at 2.30, Jake Roos from Roos Recruiting. He is going to update us on Georgia's signing class. They are currently number one in the country right now, and we got some big ones coming up a little bit later. We'll get the latest from Jake Roos on that. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko here on ESPN Radio. We'll be right back after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel, alongside the disappearing act of PJ Zuko. What happened, man? Computer died? Yeah, man. I, I, you know, it's the, the disappearing act of the computer charger. So uh, we'll, we'll try and find that here at some point. But, yeah, now you can just listen to this, whatever you think about this voice. It's a, it's a beautiful voice. It just, some words are weird that come out of it. Understandable. I've I've heard many different uh, opinions on it, but that is consistent. Words like room and roof and and roof and hot dogs sound pretty weird. What? And what was it's that gonna last happen. one? Hot dogs. I have not heard that one yet. And uh, Popeyes. There's now a lot. Now you're just making things no, up. No, I'm not. That's All a right. real thing. Okay, anyway, but anyway, more important stuff. I don't know if there's anything more important than what you just talked about <laughs> there, but I'm gonna take a seat here because we got to talk about some stuff. Uh. Travis Hunter, state champ with Collins Hill. His quarterback, Sam Horns, headed out to Missouri uh, to be their quarterback. Everyone thought he was headed to join Mike Norvell's team down at Florida State. Could have played wide receiver, could have played corner. Hell, he could play both. <laughs> yeah. uh, this morning at Collins Hill up in Lawrenceville, he does his signing, and all of a sudden rumblings start coming out. And it really started yesterday where Deion Sanders uh, on Barstool was saying, hey, I'm about to shock y'all tomorrow. I'm about to shock y'all tomorrow. And then some of the national recruiting guys are saying, holy cow, this might be this might be real. Could he actually be about to shock right. us? Right. Yeah. And so at, at his signing day, first off, he puts on a Georgia hat, slings it to the side. Puts on the Florida State hat, slings that to the side, and then unzips the hoodie, reveals a Jackson State T-shirt. And just like that, College football has been changed forever. Mm -hmm. And that might sound like hyperbole to some people, but it is reality. The nation's number one overall player is headed to Jackson State to play with Deion Sanders and the team down there, but more so, and he, he said a lot of things about a lot of great HBCU players, and I am not one to question his reasons, but I think a big part of why he went to Jackson State is he has a deal in place that is worth multi-millions of dollars. And so everyone is looking at this now. And I think there's a few different things that they're taking away from this is 
is it sketchy that Deion Sanders works for Barstool and it seems like Barstool is, Barstool is facilitating slash funding this deal? I don't know, man. There's a lot of shady things that go on out in the world, and I don't even know if I want to call this shady. The dude just he got his bag. Don't be jealous. It is what it is. He's going to play at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I think a lot of people are looking at is, man, does this kid really want to play at Jackson State for three years and then go pro? Who said anything about three years? Yeah. The perspective we have to change is this. What we are seeing today, what do you think, PJ, out of these, like, say the top 100 players, what percentage of these players do you th- still think are on the same team next year? Ooh, because I, I think, yeah, because I think prior to the free transfer, it's in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a quarterback transfers, maybe a wide receiver transfers, maybe some stuff happens where it with grades, law, stuff like that, where you lose some players and then you come back the next year. Probably about 90% are still there. Yeah. I think that number gets significantly lower now. Agreed. And and I start with Travis Hunter and say he could love Jackson State and want to stay there for three years. I'm not yeah. saying that. But the way college football works now is I with my initial commitment, I can go somewhere like what Travis Hunter's doing and say, I'm gonna make a I don't know what the actual numbers is, though. I don't think those have been released, but I can make a million dollars if I go to Jackson State. Mm-hmm. I could do that in a year, and then I could be like, I can go wherever I want to. I'm still Travis Hunter. I'm still one of the best players in the country. I can go play wherever I want to, get another NIL deal, try to make as much money as I can, and then see how it works on the pros. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen number one overall players not really pan out into anything and not make any money in the league? Plenty. Yeah, yeah a lot. Plenty. He is, made, he is as, the, as the kids say, he's securing his bag. Mm-hmm. He has now made generational money and like just one stroke of the pen and a couple tosses of some hats. Mm -hmm. He has changed his family's life forever. And after a year, depending on what his contract says with whoever his sponsors are, he can go wherever he wants to with the way college football works now. So you have to change your perspective. This kid, I call him kid because he's younger than me, but he's a grown man. This man decided I want to make a lot of money. And am I going to have the fancy LSU, Florida State, Georgia locker rooms? No. Am I going to be on ESPN, ABC, uh, CBS? No. I'll probably be on ESPN Plus at the best. Mm-hmm. I might maybe get an ESPN U game for my conference championship, something like that. And if we make the playoffs, we'll be on ESPN Plus. Maybe. Like that's the best he can get. Yeah. Which is the way the TV structure right now. He doesn't care. No. And the other thing I wanted to say is there's a lot of people out there that like to put their own perspective of a 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old, however old you are, you like to put your current perspective on 18-year-olds and say, oh, what's it going to be like uh, for another Jackson State kid who walks in the locker room and uh, he's been busting his butt this whole time and he's playing on the other side, so he's the other corner and he ain't making a dime and Travis Hunter's making millions of dollars. I don't think they care, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really don't. Right? Like, are, are you really going to pout and get upset. I'm just trying to think of it from myself as a 17-year-old or 18-year-old. If I was walking into a locker room and one of the guys I was playing with had something really great happen to him, why would I be mad about that? Now, if you're 30 years old, 40 years old, and you've been busting your butt in your career this entire time, and you understand how much that money means to someone, I, I could get it, like where you'd put that perspective on it. But for a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-olds, I don't think it's yeah. a huge deal. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. That point, especially. Uh, I mean, if if anything, it's probably gonna push that guy. Uh, at the end of the day, like like 
I think it does also. It's like Travis, it, it dude, you're buying more. food whenever you go out. Like, yeah, what are yeah, you talking well, about? Yeah, what did you do? Good for you. But, like, also, I mean, it, look at what Deion Sanders and, and Hunter are, are going to do moving forward, possibly, for Jackson yeah. State. Uh, I mean, we've already seen. Look at seen, what Deion Sanders has already done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just from the year he's been head coach, I mean, the, the, the stands are packed every single weekend. I, I think they just broke the attendance record for and a he, game in their like, last game of the year. And there's been an influx of tens of millions of dollars. In yeah, Jackson. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I, I just think those changes could be positive for, and especially, I mean, you take it from that angle too. Uh, I, I get what you're saying about, I don't know, if, if someone comes in and, and they're just as good, if not better at the job than me, and, yeah, they get that money too and are playing, like that's, only that, conversation, to me, that's a very similar yeah. to a job opportunity. Only conversation am I going to be I'm mad at that and pout? No, that's not going to is If we go out <laughs> and I'm an 18-year-old and I'm just on scholarship and you're Travis Hunter and you have a million-dollar deal, you're paying for food. Yeah, right? That's like, it. dude, no, you're paying for food. Yeah, and, and let, me get, getting, let me get the appetizer to you. Yeah, like, I was yeah, about to sure. say, I'm getting the firecracker, the <laughs> shrimp. Like, it's happening, bro, and you, you got it. All right? All right. Again, just be happy for the kid. But it has changed college football. Make no mistake about that. Georgia right now has the number one overall recruiting class. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll catch up with Jake Roos from Roos Recruiting. Next, dive into what this class looks like and what it can mean for Georgia going forward. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. It's been a crazy day as early signing period, just changing the landscape around college football. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. As we look at the top of the leaderboard, three names that have become pretty synonymous with the top of the recruiting leaderboards, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M dominating right now. And to talk about that Georgia class from Dogs HQ, our good friend Jake Roos joins us. Jake, I know it's been a crazy day out there. We appreciate you making some time. Hey, I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. Uh, Jake, it- First off, let's let's start with the national news, man. You, your initial reaction when you see Travis Hunter, a guy I know you've had to follow closely because it seemed like it was Florida State and maybe Georgia trying to sneak there uh, at the end. He announces he's going to Jackson State. Well, who's your initial reaction? Uh, surprised and shocked, I think, just like everybody else was. But um, you know, I, I think that uh, he took a playbook, or he took a page right out of the playbook of his new head coach. That's for sure. Uh, Travis Hunter won the day. Uh, had stolen the spotlight completely. Everybody's talking about him, and the buzz is all around him. So all that's done is helped build that kid's brand. It's made him more marketable than he could have ever imagined. And, uh, you know, per- personally, I think that that's a really, really smart uh, play on his part. I think it's a great idea. And, um, you know, kudos to him and, and Dion for orchestrating the whole thing because, uh, you know, he's really, really changed the face of uh, how this all works now. Again, Jake Roos with On3.com joining us here. Jake, as y'all have it right now, who currently sits on top of the leaderboard there in the team rankings? Uh, so for us, what we're talking about, I think, is uh, Alabama leading the way, uh, but a super, super close race with them and Texas A&M. And Georgia right there nipping at the heels as well. Uh, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 0.2 differences. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, especially, you know, moving out of today and then into February as well. Jake, as you look at Georgia's class right now, I know they're still waiting for a few more people to sign and also some other battles out there that they're still in where they don't quite know where they stand with some of these. Let's start with the ones that they expect to come in. Who's still out there for Georgia that they're waiting on? 
Well, there's three big ones I think that you're watching the rest of the day. Uh, that's probably Kamari Wilson uh, uh, on ESPN2 uh, around the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, at 440, you've got Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, also popping. Um, and then uh, at 6 o'clock will be Shamar James. All three of those guys, I think, uh, very impactful players. And guys, Georgia covets highly. Um, going to be interesting to see how that all goes uh, for sure. I feel pretty good about Marvin Jones Jr. right now, actually, uh, which is kind of surprising. You know, I think that that last – visit for him was pretty crucial uh you know when you're talking about Kamari Wilson that's kind of been all over the place the last couple days uh Florida really made an impact there I think with an official visit this past weekend uh so that's going to be interesting and then um you know I I, there's some Jackson State rumors around him as well so uh we'll see if Prime can do it again and then Shamar James has been kind of up in the air but uh kind of a shocker it felt like in the last 24 hours Florida has really surged there, so it might be tough for uh, Georgia to pull him, but uh, certainly the Bulldogs are going to be trying going down the stretch. Uh, From our neck of the woods down here in South Georgia, the news kind of breaking earlier today that Darius Smith has backed off, not his commitment to Georgia, but signing early, saying he wants to sign with his team in February. Is there anything Georgia fans should be concerned about there? I don't get that sense, to be honest with you. I think that it's a situation for him uh, where it's it's you know, Georgia covets that kid. They have highly, uh, you know, he feels comfortable with Georgia. It's not like he's been one of those guys who's taken a ton of visits all over the place. Uh, you know, I think that it's a situation for him where he may just want to do that with his team. But, uh, you know, Georgia really needs pass rushers in this class. Darius is one of the best. And, um, you know, I think they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that he's a part of this class in the end. And I feel confident that he will be. I wanted to ask you about kind of the structure of this class because it seems like every year, obviously, as the cycles go, you have certain positions of need, but then every now and then, too, you'll kind of have like that foundation position where it's what makes your class go up so high in the rankings. And I felt like uh, maybe called three, four months ago, that was going to be the defensive line. And I'm not saying that it still won't be, but it obviously it takes a hit with West heading to Tennessee there. I think the calling card for this one might be the secondary, though, and that's obviously a position of need for Georgia. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that uh, they've done a great job addressing that through this class. Um, you know, you've seen multiple guys. Uh, Dalen Everett was a guy, like you said, they flip, uh, they flip him over yesterday, a five-star cornerback in this class. Julian Humphreys on board. Um, you know, you got Malachi Starks as a part of this uh, DB class. Ja'Cory Thomas is a guy they really like. Uh, and, and still waiting on Kamari Wilson out there. So, you know, there are several pieces for Georgia that can be at play, and I, I think that uh, they've got a lot of chance to, um, you know, be impactful here and, and make some noise. I think that that's key. And, um, uh, you know, like you said, they've got to restock. Uh, in this era of college football uh, with the air raid and, and uh, you know, co- uh, coaches being out there, uh, you know, kind of just slinging the ball all over the place, I, I think Kirby Smart understands that significance as much as anybody. Yeah, you look at their top guys in this class, and you have to go a while, I think, what, seven, eight guys before you get to the first offensive guy. So Georgia with the best defense in college football all year, and they're not shying away from it in recruiting. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, somebody asked me yesterday, do they care as much about recruiting offense as they do defense? Because it <laughs> seems like the class is so heavily slanted that way. I, I think the reality is it's just a lot easier sell if you're talking about, uh, you know, what they're able to pitch to kids. Uh, do you want to come be part of a record setting defense? Yeah, that's a pretty compelling sales pitch. So, uh, you know, I think that that's something that they're kind of leaning into pretty heavily. And, um, I, I think that uh, it's paid dividends for them. You know, offense, I think, still has some room for improvement, and I think you can see that uh, as well in, uh, in how this class has played out. I wanted to ask you about a couple guys, Gunnar Stockton and Oscar Delp. Obviously, people know their names. Gunnar Stockton, 
uh, the quarterback commit four star there uh, from Raven County. And then Oscar Delp, also a four star, one of, depending on who you ask, one of the top two or three tight ends in the country from West Forsyth there. So two Georgia guys, but also two guys where you kind of take a step back and look at the rooms they're walking into. They're going to be low man on the totem pole in a very, very talent rich position groups right there. What was it about those two guys and Georgia for them that made them want to commit? You know, I think uh, for Stockton, it was it was that home factor, and then you know the ability to compete. Uh, you know, I think he's really comfortable with that coaching staff, and that's something he values a lot. Uh, you know, he was very comfortable with the guys at South Carolina uh, under the previous regime, and um, you know, I think that this is an opportunity for him to to kind of feel that same level of comfort. It came down to Georgia and South Carolina. Uh, when they switch coaches over there, uh, obviously Georgia brings on Will Muschamp, and uh, you know that's that's good news uh, as well. So there's a lot of connections at play uh, at, when it comes to Georgia and Gunnar Stockton, and I think that uh, you know his skill sets play into well uh, play in well with what they want to do offensively. He can scramble. He's got a great long ball as well. So kind of combines a little bit of both JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett in that regard. And then when you're talking about Oscar Delp, you know I think that uh, all you kind of do if you're him is is the proof's kind of in the pudding with. Brock Bowers. I think that uh, that kid has done a tremendous job uh, this year and, and really helped kind of reestablish Georgia as a major player when it comes to tight end play. Um, you know, I think that uh, those guys, uh, you know, have done exceptional there. Um, you, you mentioned it is a loaded room, no question about it, but uh, Delp's the kind of freaky athlete like Bowers, a big, long, uh, fast guy, and I think that he sees the fit in Georgia pretty clearly. I know one of the favorite things for any Georgia fan is checking out who the latest addition to RBU is and top-rated running back coming out of Mississippi is Branson Robinson. What are Georgia fans getting in him? Uh, you know, a big, physical, powerful running back, but also a guy with some speed to him. Uh, you know, I don't want people to think he's just a bruiser. He's a guy who can be a home run hitter for you as well. Uh, but uh, absolutely just yoked when you're talking about from a physical standpoint. Uh, reminds me a lot of Nick Chubb coming out of high school uh, in a lot of facets. So, uh, you know, those, that's high praise for anybody. We'll see if he can deliver on it. But certainly Branson Robinson has a lot of key markers right now. Jake, when you look at this wide receiver room, I know – a lot of talent there, but also it's just, it, I guess weird's the best way to put it because every now and then something will pop out and then that player will get hurt or somebody you expect to really step up just kind of struggles throughout the season. It's it really haven't had a standout there at wide receiver, especially since George Pickens goes down. And now you have a lot of guys coming in in this class. You think we see some early playing time for any of these guys? Sure. I think that that's a very big possibility. I think that, uh, that Georgia wants to continue to add to this wide receiver class, possibly even through the portal. So, um, you know, C.J. Smith to me is a guy that I'd definitely be watching if I were them. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, to me he stands out and fits all the traits you want. Six foot three, great hands, very physical at wide out. And the big thing is he runs a 10 8 in the 100 meters. So he's an absolute burner on the track, a guy who can lay it down out there. Uh, you know, you've got some speed like that in Arian Smith, but guys like that are hard to come by, and especially with frames like this. To me, he, he becomes an early candidate for those reasons. All right, Jay, final question here for you, man. When, when you look at this class, who are some of the guys in here, when we kind of talked about it right there, but who are some of the guys in here that you think have the earliest impact during their time at Georgia? Well, you know, I think some of these young DBs have, have a lot of opportunity in front of them, a lot of chance. Uh, Jaheim Singletary, Dalen Everett kind of jump off the page to me as guys who could contribute early. Uh, you know, you're going to probably need to start restocking at linebacker at some point. Jalen Walker makes a lot of sense in that regard. 
Um, you know, I think that those are probably the guys who jump off the page to me. Darius Smith, uh, like you mentioned earlier, is a guy who could find himself in there just because of the numbers. So, uh, overall, I think that it's a, there's a lot that can be done uh, with the guys that they have, and I, I think they've proven that they know what to do and how to handle these guys and develop them the right way. So uh, they've got a lot of talent on this group, and uh, I think that uh, a lot of these guys have early opportunities in Athens. Jake Roos, Dogs HQ. Jake, tell people where they can find your stuff, man. I know you guys killing it over there with the signing day coverage. Yeah, come over and check us out at Dogs HQ. We've had a great live thread all day on the board, uh, keeping all the subscribers informed on the latest rumors that we're hearing, uh, as well as all the content. Uh, so come check us out over at Dogs HQ. Uh, we got a seven-day free trial right now, and then you can find us over at Rooster, or you can find me over at Rooster Recruiting on Twitter, and that's R E U S E. Jake, you said you said you got some rumors out there. Can you tease us with anything? <laughs> well, I, I gave you my, my juicy one, which is uh, this Kamari Wilson and Jackson State thing. Uh, there does seem to be some smoke around it. So we'll see if primetime can do it again, man. Uh, you, you can never discount anything with Dion's involved. Uh, no, absolutely not, especially not after today. Jake Roos, kind enough to take some time with us here. Jake, we always appreciate it, man. Look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Again, you can follow him at Roos Recruiting on Twitter. Does an awesome job covering all things Georgia. we got to take a quick break here. We'll come back with more on second down after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Just keeping you up to date here on early signing day. So much activity going on. And as Jake Roos just dropping a bomb on us there in the last segment there, PJ. Apparently Kamari Wilson, five-star safety. A lot of people had him projected to Georgia. Oh. Florida with that 11th hour visit late or early this week. Oh. So there was some tension there. Mm-hmm. Could it come down to the two teams that meet in Jacksonville every year? Well, there there was something about Jackson. <laughs> Jackson State now apparently very much in the mix there for Kamari Wilson. And I would imagine now at this point, if Jackson State hops in as in the mix, it's probably going to happen. Right. Like that just doesn't come out of nowhere. No, no. Because, I mean, that that's that's the second side of this too is it's it's – like you said, you, you don't want to fully question all of their intentions or anything like that. Not saying anything bad about Jackson State or, or don't jump to those Secure conclusions. Don't ju- jump to those conclusions, you know. But at the same time, there is probably those dollar signs attached to it, too. Which, hey, this is the day and age we live in here in college football. And uh, like you brought up uh, with, with the one-year thing. You have a chance to possibly, if now we don't know the, the, the funds or anything like that, like you said, this is just a possibility and they're in the mix and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but, you know, the possibility of, listen, coming in, changing potentially your family's financial situation. Oh, potentially. When you get that check. Yeah, for sure. And, and staying on the map yeah, yeah. for a year, obviously going out, but probably most likely you would hope uh, playing very well and then seeing what your future holds in a year or so. I kind of commend these guys for not, because you talk about kind of the, the machine of college football and the tradition and, and all that, the big schools, the national championship potential that you could, you could play with a team uh, for that national championship, and that, that's the ultimate goal, right? But I, I kind of commend these guys for, yeah, of course, other people can say, well, it's just dollar signs, but seeing the possibility of I can, I can change everything possibly for my family yeah. by doing this and well, still have multiple possibilities yeah. down the road for myself. That's all the good stuff. I I always like to think about the people who are affected by this and 
obviously everyone's just going to talk about how it changes college football, changes college football. When you when you look at the grand scheme of things, this is why I still think when it, maybe not with the top one percent of college football, this is the biggest deal right here. Yeah. But for the entirety of college football and specifically for local levels, coming up in February is still the biggest signing day. Mm-hmm. That's our busiest and just like so many kids signing. And when you look around college football, I mean, look at Georgia Southern's class that they're putting together. You got the brothers there uh, out of Trinity Christian to commit there with Clay Helton. And so like they're putting something crazy together down there. And it, it doesn't it doesn't have the levity. I think uh, Jake said it. He's like Travis Hunter just kind of sucked all the air out of everything. And it's like you yeah. looked at what he did, yeah. but it's still it's still a really cool day. But I like to think about everything. And can you imagine some of the other FCS coaches right now and the conversations they're having with their athletic directors where they're looking at their signing? They're like, well, I mean, if, if Jackson State can do it, why can't we do it? And because you know, there's some administrator that has no idea how football recruiting or football or anything in general works. They're like. They, they're talking about them, and they got all these people. Why can't we do that? And the coach is just in there thinking, knowing they can't say it, yeah. give me a million dollars from someone, and I'll make it happen. Yeah. Yep. Give me a, give me a million dollars, and I'll get you a five-star tomorrow. Yep. I, I mean, I think there's multiple things that, uh, that you know, and that's Because it happens all the time. It's not just college <laughs> coaching. It's in any job whatsoever is your boss pulls you in, pulls, like, pulls up something on their phone or the computer. Why can't we do this? Yeah. Can you imagine if, if like, and I think it's the money, too, for sure. That's the biggest thing. But also, can you imagine if, like, if Kevin pulled us in and was like, hey, man, I heard you on the radio. Why can't you be Deion Sanders? <laughs> what? Hold, what? What did you just say to me? Because, I mean, that's another thing, too. Yeah. If, the, if, the athletic, if the athletic directors were the clueless ones, really figure it out, it's, it's the money. And it's Deion Sanders and his connections. Correct. So, you know, the coach is sitting there being like, listen, man, you knew when you hired me I wasn't Deion Sanders. So I, I don't know what you want from well, me. Well, I don't want to take anything <laughs> away, too, from the fact from what uh, Travis Hunter said. Where he's like, it's, it, the opportunity really presented itself where he could do that, get that life-changing money, and then at the same time he gets to bring attention back to HBCUs. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And for yeah. the longest time, I mean, we look at Savannah State and what Sean Quinn was able to do there. Now Russell DeMossi, the interim coach there, just the facilities, right, or mm-hmm. lack thereof. Right. Yeah. Savannah State does the best with what they have. Right. 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 It's just it takes money to do everything, and when you're a Division two school, it makes it really hard. They got a really nice stadium there at Ted Wright, but when it comes to weight rooms and everything else, I mean, you look at like LSU when they did like their new weight room, and it's like everyone has their own space shuttle. Basically, yeah. it's like it's it's got a pull out king size bed. Uh, you got a forty inch flat screen TV that you pull down. You can plug your phone into literally everything. It's like it it's so hard for HBCUs to recruit against that mm-hmm. because they just don't have the infrastructure and the economy around it. Right? Yeah, that's changing now. And I think with TV deals, and this has already been in the works with ESPN Plus and the way a lot of watching live sports is going to go online and go into streaming, I think more and more money is going to start coming in. But also with the addition of NIL, it's going to start changing as well. I mean, if somebody drops a bag on somebody and says, hey, I want you to come play at this school or this school or this school, you can really start changing the infrastructure around that. So I I wouldn't take away from the fact that a lot of people are going to think, yeah, he's going there as a publicity stunt. Nothing like look back when he's in the NFL, nothing's going to change for Jackson State. I don't think that's true. I yeah. think we've seen a big switch, not just for Jackson State, but for HBCUs, FCS schools in general. Like now, you can be if you were a four star or five star and your dad had gone to this FCS school and you're a legacy, you're like, man, I might want to go there, but I got a chance to go play at Alabama or Georgia or LSU or something like that. I, I got to take that chance just for the stage. 
I think this is changing slowly but surely. I, I think they're kind of catching up a little bit. But again, as I say that, like 40 of the top 100 players are going to Alabama, Texas A&M, or Georgia. So, yeah. I mean, it's more things stay, change, more they, they stay the same. But at the same time, I, I think this is going to start slowly snowballing. Exactly. And, and how does every... Well, some things start with a huge change and massive overhaul, right? Some things change with, with small steps and that are really big. And when I'm talking about small, I mean, I mean numbers, right? We just had... Now, I've, I've seen the argument on, on Twitter. When, is this the biggest flip on signing day that, ever. that we've ever seen? Ever. And ever. absolutely. Period. End of story. Ever. So we're talking about it, it being small right now, and I, I agree it's gonna, it, it could snowball, but it starts, with, it starts with one, right? It starts with a few even. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. Hopefully exactly uh, what you're talking about does. Yeah. And we've seen this more so in the basketball ranks, but I was talking to BJ about this. It's a little bit easier in basketball because – like Anthony Edwards, for example. If he had decided to go to an HBCU, Anthony Edwards is going to be the number one overall pick no matter where he went. He went to Georgia, who is a worse basketball program than a lot of <laughs> HBCUs. Yeah. But still, he could have gone wherever he wanted to. So I think it's a little bit different for a football player to do it and to give up the stage that he's giving up. I think that meant a lot for Travis Hunter and what he has done for HBCUs going forward. Three and outs coming up next. We're going to carry on this conversation as well as other things from signing day.